If that which makes us human isn't exclusive to humans, does that make us less human? Does it make non-humans more human? I guess what I'm getting at is, uh, what is the complicated nature of humanity? If a non-human can be as human or more human than a human, then does that mean that a human can become or be born non-human or become less and less human over the course of their life until they're something else? And what is that something else? What does it mean to be uh, a human or not? Uh, this is MJ. I love tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk to you, or yeah, at you, really, about Kamen Rider 01, Episode 6. So, a lot happened in Episode 6. Uh, I want to mention Yaiba Yua uh, and her new transformation. Uh, I'm afraid she's going to be overlooked a little bit, though, because some of the meatier, juicier things that I want to discuss about the nature of humanity are not direct, directly involved with her. Uh, she has a new power-up. It's Lightning Hornet that she gets. Uh, I like the form a lot. Uh, but interestingly, um, she does not get much screen time. Uh, Lightning Hornet probably... You know, Lightning Hornet definitely gets more screen time than Yaiba Yua. That is to say, the suit actress, um, I'm assuming it's a woman, uh, probably had to do more work in this episode than... Uh, the suit actor. Now, of course, she had to show up for ADR, but I think uh, she barely spoke in the suit. Uh, maybe two lines I can think of, a grunt or two, uh, but she's a very quiet, uh, very uh, methodical fighter who doesn't really uh, make much noise. She's not like Fuo, where she's hot-blooded and, uh, you know, making threats or taunting his enemies, and she's not like uh, Aruto, who is... Uh, you know, spastic and passionate and um, kind of jumping all over the place saying things as he's fighting. So that makes her uh, pretty different. Um, but I, I kind of just wanted to highlight uh, the fact that she has, you know, this new suit, this new power-up, and that other than that, she isn't involved much, but she is reflective of one aspect of the question about humanity that I raised. I think I'll wrap that all or everything up by talking about that at the end. Uh, but I do want to mention that Lightning Hornet is really cool looking. I uh, like the look of it overall. I love all the hexagons. The fact that you know she's a hornet, very cool. That she has these wings that pop out is pretty exciting to me. And uh, I like that she and the frog um, both have the ability to shoot out miniature versions of themselves <laughs> to uh, as like you know giant bullets or missiles, whatever, to attack their enemies. That's that was pretty cool. Speaking of frogs, the Magier this episode, I only got one good shot of it, um, is some sort of toad, and uh, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, the big capsule head hood type thing on it is really neat. Uh, the basic body's the same, and I really do like this design aesthetic that they're um, going with to make the Magier basically just, you know, souped up. Uh, like, there's just one special thing about them that gives them, that differentiates them, and that's pretty neat. Uh, so, I finally learned Hirobi and Jiro's names. So, Hirobi is, uh, allegedly a human who created, uh, Jin, sorry, not Jiro, who created Jin, um, to help him destroy humans, I guess. And, 
uh, in the beginning, or was it the beginning of this episode, or the, or the end of the last episode, he tells Jin that he's his son, and uh, that starts to change the relationship between the two of them, and it makes Jin act differently than you would expect. Uh, and that's something I will get back to after talking about uh, Jin's new, uh, new form, new suit. So Hirobi push, puts this, uh, this belt that he has used onto uh, Jin, and uh, he has him use the Progrise key, the Falcon that he stole from Zero uh, One in it, and uh, he transforms into this really great looking uh, pink, um, I guess that's because the Falcon, uh, rider suit, and it has all these armor elements um, that are gray, and uh, some of them are textured, some of them aren't, but my favorite thing about the suit is that when he opens it, it's not authorized, it's not progress, it's force rise, and uh, apparently the belt forces the progress keys open, but then on top of that, he has all these straps all over him, basically, that are strapping the armor, that are forcing the armor pieces to tie onto his body to uh, create this suit. So there is a great element of visual storytelling where uh, the Force Rise style of suit or whatever that, that belt is, um, like it's going contrary to nature or the intention of the Progress Keys and uh, that technology developed by Heaton, but not only by Heaton, um, you know, by this other party as well, by, you know, Ames, you could, I guess you could just say, uh, but that's really fascinating to me, uh, I just love the visual storytelling in the suit, the pink, the gray, it looks fabulous, uh, and I'm really enjoying that. So getting back to the human versus non-human thing, and, you know, the AI humanity, uh, something I basically, you know, believe in or I'm okay with, we have this CNA who's a voice actor, or say you, for the weebs among us, and um, her father, or her owner slash father, Mr. Tazawa, um, had a daughter who was a voice actress, and she died uh, three years previous to him getting this uh, android duplicate, basically, and he <laughs> has decided to live with her as his daughter and um, get her a job as a voice actress, and I think he he says he recently found out about Heaton, um, I guess, and their androids and stuff, which seems strange because it seems like a huge company, um, especially if they were able to be responsible for the explosion in Daybreak Town uh, 12 years ago. But uh, anyway, you know, he's an old guy. He's an old. He might be out of the loop, which is fine. But anyway, he uh, it seems to me like he bought her and programmed her shortly before his birthday as kind of like a gift to himself like I could see him want to uh, you know treat himself sort of like hey I miss my daughter and it's almost my birthday and it'd be wonderful to have her with me for one last birthday and um, anyway the whole story with them was really touching and I love how um, dramatically it contrasted with uh, Hirobi and Jin because Hirobi uh, basically tells Jin hey you're my child you're supposed to do what I tell you to do and you're old enough you're strong enough basically that you don't need my protection and yeah we have a different sort of family dynamic and that's not who we are and uh this really gets to Jin and when he sees um Mr. Tozawa again and again protecting Sienna he uh kind of loses it he uh, has to be 
um, given that belt and taken over, have a download before he fully uh, commits to uh, fulfilling his father's will. And it's really interesting to me. And another thing that strikes me as interesting is that CNA seems to have um, the memories of the actual daughter. And I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that makes sense for that to be the case, especially if he just found out about Hedon and he just recently bought um, bought her. Uh, so I don't know if maybe... I, I don't know. That stuff doesn't make sense to me. And the most striking thing to me is that Jin has this quasi-heroic turn uh, where he wants her to be saved because he's touched by how this father is trying to protect uh, his daughter. And uh, that was really impressive. And it made me kind of question, you know, the whole humanity thing versus the androids and stuff, especially because we have Yaiba Yua who acts so coldly and efficiently. The way she moves in her suit, it's very stilted and rigid and extremely efficient she almost feels like a machine and you know she's supposedly the one developing this technology but then this guy with the little robot toy on his desk gives her the you know thunder hornet or whatever it's called and says you know i made this especially for you and i want you to test it out and um like i said earlier she barely got any coverage in this episode so i hope she gets we get to see more of her but i almost wonder could she possibly be a human gear, or is that just the uh, the writer, who apparently is the writer of X-Aid, which is cool. Uh, Yuya Takahashi, I believe, is that just him uh, flexing his muscles and really showing nuance in how uh, characters or, you know, yeah, characters are characterized, and how nuanced the whole human versus non-human debate sort of can be. I don't really know what it all means, but I think I like it. And some people were saying at the beginning, oh, Valkyrie, she's going to get killed right away. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm hoping that the Reiwa era carries something different. Uh, and just as Sakahashi seems to be putting nuance into how he's addressing this whole issue of the human gear being people, actual people, and, you know, people getting to be monsters, um, even as, you know, Magir are uh, manipulated Humagir who are forced into being monsters, so to speak, and, you know, sometimes can't be saved, sometimes can be, which that whole thing needs to be ironed out. I, I really hope that he's um, getting to do some nasty things with this uh, Yaiba character. Uh, like, if, I don't know, if, like, is Toei really this gross misogynistic group who wants to see female characters mistreated? I don't think so. I just think their eyes haven't been opened. And hopefully Takahashi after X-Aid, which had all these great um, spinoffs or you know continuations of the story, uh, will convince them to let him do his thing and be a great writer. Anyway, check out mjmunoz.com for more of my work. I'm currently reviewing Spider-Man comics and writing original fiction you can find there. Uh, I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee. MJ Loves Toku can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunoz.com slash mjlt. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe, ring that bell to keep up with the latest in my quest to watch all Toku. Also, if you like uh, this show and Ishinomori and Ishizumi, uh, I made a little sticker on Redbubble of Ishizumi Productions, which is an homage to uh, Ishimori Productions. It's related to the manga uh, from last episode. And uh, eagle-eyed viewers would catch that the anime that uh, CNA was trying out for to be a seiyu uh, is the same anime based on the manga uh, made by Mr. Ishizumi from the previous episode. So that's all pretty cool stuff.
That's all I have to say for now. Remember folks, you don't have to shout henchin' to be a hero.